good evening good morning if you're watching the replay hello um just want to say hello and cover every single hello hi <laughs> um because i know some people come back and watch the replay and then this is also uh the podcast where our podcasts usually come from so if you're listening to the podcast um if you're watching if you're watching now if you're watching the replay you are tuned in to zoe b speaks um and we are here finishing our uh i guess you could say our live reading series um what i chose to do after the conference um if you were aware of the conference feel kind of nervous here <laughs> if you were aware of the conference um what i chose to do after the conference was actually do uh live readings up until the release of this book and so this book actually released a couple of weeks ago if not actually tomorrow it will be a month ah, okay tomorrow it will be a month since this book was released um this is I don't know number seven number six i lose count um i'm not even counting at this point i probably need to and basically this book was a year and a half in production because i was a little taste of scared to write it as you can see from the cover if you're looking at the cover um and i'll describe it for those that are listening via audio there's a woman in the mirror and she's dressed up in a red sexy um dress but in the mirror what you see is a demonic seductive face um who's dressed to i i don't even know who's dressed to to kill probably it looks like and then there's fire behind her and so this um hello to all of you that are coming on um this book was a little more difficult to write for one because i really got out of the writing <laughs> the writing phase like i started publishing books like left and right and so um i really started to neglect my own books so it took a while for me to write this book um so if i guess let me go back and actually catch you up if this is your first time especially listening or watching um the Call to Purity is a series. So we have A Call to Purity, which is the testimony book behind basically my life and my transition into who I am now, where Zoe D Speaks actually came from. And then there's Sexually Wise, which is basically a study of Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 for particularly young men, but also uh, women to kind of, I guess you could say, help help us to understand men in a sense um when it comes to their sexuality and then there's also um after i wrote that i wrote sexual skeletons which i if i thought sexual skeletons was hard to write until i started writing this one so sexual skeletons deals with the aspect of generational curses when it comes to um your your, your bloodline and in the realm of sex and how sex sexual sin affects your bloodline so you may think that you know you can do anything and all this extra stuff right here that we've accustomed ourselves to believing in this very sexually liberated uh culture but the truth is what you do 
um, actually affects your seed. And so sexual skeletons deals with my own personal experience with sexual sin because of what was in my bloodline. And that, that was mainly incest as well as um, bisexuality. And so I talk about basically my own experience with that as well as how to kind of be free from that. Then there's 40 Days to Freedom, which is one of my favorites, uh, which is here. Uh, and 40 Days to Freedom is a 40-day devotional. And in this devotional, you have, um, is is literally locked and loaded. So you have the daily scripture. Then you have my testimony or, you know, devotional content. Then you have power prayers, confessions, action, and journaling space and so that's why this is quite a um, unique book because it really takes the reader from especially if you're someone that's been going through like cycles of uh, failed relationships or with daddy issues or you know you're you've disconnected from the holy spirit um in your walk and so it just it deals with all of the heart issues and it just pulls you back into the arms of your father and so i love 40 days freedom and then there's um a call to period the actual call to purity <laughs> the actual manual which is the workbook that um complements my courses and i'll talk a little bit about that because we've got a cohort coming up so that leads us or leads us to the strange woman and so the strange woman is a testimony of my experiences as a strange woman remember in sexually wise um sexually wise kind of kind of gives a warning to young men and older men that are listening um about how to stay away from the strange woman that the, the proverbs warns us about and so this book actually gives my personal testimony in being the strange woman. Um, in so many instances, some where I thought that I was like the good woman, um, but I really wasn't when I compared myself to um, the the standard of Yahweh. Um, and so that's where this book comes from. So I'm going, going to get into this. And it's a couple of chapters long. Um, are you the strange woman to share or not to share? Uh, so pick me, love me, choose me. If you are a Grey's Anatomy fan, you know exactly where that comes from. Um, then Vodka Red Bull, which was, oh my goodness, I had such a time writing that. Um, girl, don't you mess with that man's wife. Um, then there's the counterfeit mister hot as in hell hot and then there's the finale and so this like I said it was a it wasn't a difficult book but it was kind of like as I sat down and the Holy Spirit started speaking I was like you want me to write what you want me to put what and so I will start in the beginning um are you the strange woman um Strange by definition usually means foreign or even hard to understand. 
Think of it when you find something to be strange. In concept, it is hard to understand, correct? The strange woman, or we could say the hard to understand woman, the foreign woman, the woman who is not, once again, familiar. Relating this biblically, in the sense of being a strange woman, to me, obviously, would mean that there is an expectation of a familiar woman. Does this mean familiar in the sense that the man will know her? Or as in he will be able to sense her? I think not. Otherwise, the man would have to know basically every single woman on earth. No, I submit to you that the strange woman is a woman who is strange in nature spiritually. It is a strange woman that the Bible gives repeated warnings against being seduced by. It is the strange woman that the Bible says her end is destruction. And so if you see the cover, um, the woman in the mirror looks, you know, like a typical, um, very attractive woman. But behind her true self, which shows her in the mirror, you basically see the, the, the fires of hell behind her. And so, you know, as the Bible says, her end is destruction. It is the strange woman of whom the Bible warns that her path has slain many. And so let me stop and kind of revert back to sexually wise, because when I began studying for sexually wise, I began to understand that if a man commits adultery, if a man finds himself constantly falling weak to his flesh, this is not something that you can necessarily compete with in the natural. Because the Bible says that the strange woman has slain many, even the strongest, even the strongest. And what that said to me was, this is not a physical battle. This is strictly a spiritual battle. And so you have to be able to recognize the strange woman. She's not necessarily a person. She's a spirit. She's a spirit. Hello. Um, and so I think going back, it says, I think we actually speak on this a lot, sometimes even pridefully. Indeed, a woman has the potential to make or break a man. But do we ever consider this far more beyond what the eye can see? From the naked eye, we would think that a woman like this is by the worst of the worst, right? But really, what if she's not strange in the sense as we may know strange to be? What exactly am I trying to say here? See, we women have believed far too long that we fit the qualifications of being a woman for some reason we have measured ourselves to some standard that has given us the green light to boast and to brag on how good we are for men most of the time this bragging comes from women who are single and continually repeating a cycle of failed relationships yet time and time they continue to boast about their worth and how they are better off without their exes the boasting usually comes with a prideful stance, a stance that convinces them to believe that they are ultimately the it and that they are the ones who deserve better. And I think um, this answers the question. I saw some in another recently, you know, a man asked, you know, are you a good woman? And I've even asked it, you know, are you a good woman? And what I perceive, what I see over and over again is a lot of women judge themselves against a standard 
that doesn't necessarily fit God's standard. Because if it did, I think a lot of more women would be settled and married and living the life that um, Yahweh has for them. And I have to note that I understand that every woman doesn't, or at least every woman listening to me or watching me doesn't necessarily measure their standards up to the word. So in that sense, I guess this would not be a particular lie for you because this is going back to the word. And I don't mean to be, you know, mean when I say that, but I, I want you to understand that this book is based off of the standard of the word, not necessarily the standard of the world, because it's the standard of the world, I believe, that has us gone astray a lot. And so I'll get back to this. Um, I have a quote in here from my husband and, you know, we were talking as we you know normally do and just observing, you know, observing. and so we were talking in the realm of women that love to think that they're a good woman or women that love to think that they are really the prize when they're still single, you know, and these women will be single for years and years and years and they'll blame it on the next man. They'll, or they'll they'll repeat these cycles and be with a man two three years four five years and then finally get fed up with waiting you know on the security of a marriage and then you know go on to the next and not realizing that there's obviously an issue that is not being addressed and so what he had to say and i thought that it was very um i thought that it fit this book and so he said women like that pretty and they single and gonna be pretty single for a long time and i mean it's the truth for a lot of women you can be pretty you can be successful you can i mean you can really have it going on but you can still be single because no man wants to really deal with what you're bringing to the table and a lot of times we as women we really don't want to address that because we got the homegirls in our ear that's gonna boost our heads up and you know we just it's going to all gather together and hang out until a man finds me worthy enough. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that women are not valuable, but I don't think we talk enough about women being the toxic ones. We like to, you know, drag the men through the mud as the ones that are cheating and this, this and the other, but we don't necessarily um, put the spotlight on women in the, in the terms of, you're toxic, you're disrespectful, you really talk too much, you know, you're you're arrogant, you're prideful, um, you're deceitful and manipulative, you know. Uh, so once again, the strange one. So don't get me wrong, I've had my share of men who definitely had not grown into the maturity of themselves to be the man that I needed. However, as the years passed, I kept finding myself in the same situations i finally had to say to myself yo you're literally the only common denominator between you and your exes as i prepare for this title it seems to me that yahweh highlighted my strangeness more times than not showing me where i strayed from my teaching as the strange woman in and of herself has done in proverbs 23 26 through 28 it says my son give my give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. She also lied in wait as for a prey, and increases the transgressions among men. 
And so what I took from that is the strange woman is a woman that's first going to be detrimental to the spiritual advancement of, of her man or of any man and the natural advancement. She leads him to transgression. She leads him further down the way that he shouldn't go. And this is why we really have to take heed to how we're raising our girls because you're either going to raise a whore or you're going to raise the jewel or the the rare find or the proverbs 31 woman that we really claim that we are uh when in factuality like we're not and so um that's that that's that's the introduction <laughs> that's the introduction now i have a um no i'll i'll finish reading this one because i i i want to set the stand i'm probably not going to read a whole lot of actual book itself, but lay the foundation um, for what this book actually talks about. So it says, I find this last part interesting to note that she increases the transgressors among men. She creates more transgressors. I mean, again, nothing new because this is the type of power that women brag about. However, I had to see that this also was very applicable to the so-called good girl. You know, the old faithful girlfriend, the one that plays the wife without taking the ring for years and years. She takes care of her man by taking care of the home, cooks for him, cleans for him, cares for the children, and sex him real good because that's her man and that's what she's supposed to do. Does that sound familiar? I know you probably can't relate, but, but you just may know someone who can. I'll start with myself. This was me, relationship after relationship. Oh, I know you probably thought we were just going to talk about the women who are proud to be the strange woman. There's some proud hoes out there. We get that. We this, we just talking about those. Okay. No, we are going to dissect this woman in every shape, every form, every fashion. We are going to dive into the very clear distinguishments between the woman that expands the life of her king and the woman who brings him down. You may now be thinking, am I the strange woman? good because that's what this book is about so the strange woman once again um going back to the topics which like i said i won't really get into and feel free to you know drop a, a comment or, or something <laughs> and also share um i'm gonna go back to the to the actual page um strange woman chronicles which is the title page and I'm going to start with to share or not to share. And then I'll go with either the counterfeit or hot isn't hell hot because both of those. I mean, the whole book, <laughs> honestly, the whole book is, is, is kind of like what I did that. Okay. So to share or not to share, to share or not to share is an introduction to my first time actually playing the other woman and because i'm not going to read the whole thing um i want to like i said lay the foundation to share not to share um i was in high school didn't have no business really thinking about even none of that but that's why i was and that's why i said too again we have to we have to teach our young ladies we have to teach them their worth we have to teach them what dating is what courting is we have to really teach them what their value is so that they don't repeat the same cycles like we have to like if we don't then the future is a mess okay so 
growing up, and I'm just going to kind of skip around in this chapter. Growing up, you're taught to share, but there were limits. Like you don't share common sense type things like toothbrushes, hair combs, brushes. I learned this in elementary. I remember being told to never share brushes in particular because the person could have lice or wingworms or whatever. That makes sense. I didn't quite get the warning not to share your boyfriend or anyone else's boyfriend. But of course, this seemed to be something that was embedded into majority of us. At least I would hope so. For this reason, for the most part, I've always wanted my own man. One that would be completely committed to me and love only me. This was something I took pride in as a good girl. Any man, really boy, that had me knew that I was faithful. And if I was with you, I was with you and, and you only. You were literally the only one that could mess it up. I believe maybe even females knew as well that they could trust me with their boyfriends or men. Hearing all the horrific stories about backstabbing family members and sleeping with their friends, family's husbands and all, it was like a thing you just didn't do. So there's this cold, I grew up rather, let me say, I grew up in a, a culture where you just didn't like backdoor your friends or cousins, you know, like relationships. You, you just didn't do that. So exactly how did I find myself on the other side? The side that says what she don't know won't hurt her. Thinking about it's funny, or should I say interesting, how the situation still has a slight hunt on me. Even though I was too young to even be considering a relationship at that time, it was definitely the first time in my life that I was the side chick. I was with uh, D2 Factor, D2 Factor. Um, I have all my F factors named in A Call to Purity. So if you've read A Call to Purity, you know where this <laughs> where this particular incident or um, experience lies from. So D2 Factor. Um, at that time, I was about 14 or 15, and we had been together for almost two years. But, but I was pretty much fed up, but not fed up enough to leave, just kind of on that, you know, if he can do this, I can too. I could never quite prove his infidelity. I say infidelity like we were literally married, but anyway. But the crabs I contracted, it was kind of evident. Um, to say the least, how long was I really had myself to worry about, right? So this guy comes along and truthfully was one of the sexiest young boys ever, like in our school. And I'm talking just gorgeous. He had eyes for me. Like, and at that time, and I go into this, um, at that time I, I had self-esteem issues and everything, but he had a girlfriend and the girlfriend and I, we weren't like best friends, but we were definitely in the same and we were close enough for, for me to feel some type of way or remorse. Um, had potential, you know, I've never liked clicks, you know, and so it was kind of a thing where, you know, she had a crowd that she ran with. I really kind of didn't run with the crowd per se, um, but I was cool with everybody that she was cool with, but, you know, it was just, we were close, like we were part of different affiliations, school, uh, different clubs, different, um, just different things. And so we were, we were pretty close. Like we went on trips together and, um, the guy that she was with, all of a sudden 
he's interested. And so um, I saw this girlfriend and was close to this girlfriend nearly every single day, if, if not daily. I saw them both together nearly daily, if not daily. Everyone knew that they were a couple as much as they knew about my own relationship. We even went on school trips together. And yep, I was the one watching them cute in public. And in the daytime, cute in public in the daytime and screwing around with him later that evening. I remember even one time being on the phone with the couple together, convincing them to work their problems. Me, the side chick. And when I say it still kind of hunts me because like they're not even together. They're not together. Um, and I go into they actually broke up um during this time. And I can see her now and think like, dang, I really became the girl like I never wanted to be in that situation. And I never knew really what happened. And I'm just like, and I talk about this too in the book. I'm just not reading it. I was just wondering, like, if I had a part in that of, of causing another female to hurt that had been caused to me. And I think underlining that is one of the main issues when it comes to playing the side chick role. Um, and I get to another part where I actually don't. Um, <laughs> but what I realized and what the Holy Spirit showed me in this instance is literally as I was writing the book, because after playing that role a couple of more times and seeing that like it's not cool it's really not cool especially if we're going to talk about marriages i think that a lot of women don't have the remorse that they should have when it comes to having that code of i'll get my own i'm not gonna mess with yours regardless if he approaches you I feel like, you know, and some women say, you know, that man, you know, that woman doesn't owe you anything. But I think personally, especially now, um, and I'm, I think I'm going to go into how, the, how does it hell hot because I deal with that. But I think personally, if we really go by, first of all, the, the biblical standard, and then if we just are with the Holy Spirit, what in you, woman, would defile your temple with something that is not committed to you and then something that is or someone that is literally in covenant with the person what is it so what was revealed to me was rejection rejection played a part for sure to be rejected by my current boyfriend was one thing. On the surface, it was simply the issues with my friend. However, at the roots of that rejection, the rejection began at a very young age. Let's stay on the surface for right now. So I was obviously hurt by her previous experiences. And so it seems like one or two things we stay the good girl little enough to get hurt doesn't care about anybody's feelings and so i was also dealing with my first female crush um i actually came out and exposed myself that's all i was having a crush on i was dealing with um my sexuality confused um about 
what was going on with that and so I was dealing with myself in other situations that first of all at that age I shouldn't have been in but then two um just involved myself in being the part of the source of another woman's hurt and I never wanted to be that woman um I never wanted to be that girl could it be that the spirit of rejection has had an opportunity to plant itself and root itself in your heart? Could it be? If you really feel like any man is free game, regardless of if he's in a relationship, regardless of if he's married, he should have been yours. And so you, you, you'll, you'll disrespect what he has. And this is one thing... Um, this is one thing I dealt with one of my ex's side chicks or mistresses or whatever. As a woman, I believe that there's not too many men out here that marry a man that they don't love. You see this man and he's building a family. He's building a career or entrepreneurship or whatever the case may be. And he literally has something established. And for you to come in and potentially be the fail of him losing everything that he owns. And that that's, that's goes back to the, to the warnings of the strange woman. She leads all of her victims down the path to defeat, to death. As a woman, if you put yourself in a position for a man to literally lose everything that he's been working on, his entire life what type of love is that and i know you know some people say well you know he knows that too we're not only dealing with this on a surface level the spirit of the strange woman is a spirit that you don't fight face to face this is not to excuse a man because he should be in the word and he should be on guard but he has to understand that there's a warfare out here for him, for his sexuality, and to cause him to lose his life. So, and that's that's what the warnings of Proverbs really go through when you talk about um, the warnings that were given to this son from his father and from his mother. They're there for a reason. So, less as women be acknowledgeable about the role that we play. That's what this book is about. This book is about, about being acknowledgeable about the role that you play. Not putting the blame, but the role that you play in, in this man's life. Even if you're just his girlfriend, this is one of the things, um, I'm not going to read the counterfeit, um, the counterfeit chapter, uh, but one of, one of the biggest lessons in dealing with the counterfeit was I was praying for God for my husband. And I was sleeping with the man that I thought was my husband. And the Holy Spirit was like, no. Like, if you believe that I've brought this man to you, how are you going to defile this, this union being, you know, allowing him to feed his flesh and even though it didn't work out what it did it prepared me 
for my husband because I understood that if I'm sleeping with you and you have an anointing on your life, I am the strange woman in your life. I'm not the woman that I should be. I'm not the help me. So I don't care even if you're just a girlfriend and you're committed to this man. That doesn't give you the goal to offer him sex or to lay down with him just because he's your boyfriend and you or he's your fiance. So that's the count of it. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit from H as in hell. Um, and then I'm going to be out because I definitely don't want to go too long. So H is in hell hot. Um, the lesson here. Says it doesn't matter if you're a good girl, you the God girl. Actually, the season right before I met my husband. So at this point in my life, it's 20s, um, and I'm also divorced, but healing. I'm on a path to purity again, celibate for a month now. My focus is business and simply waiting for my husband to manifest. But for some reason, I keep getting faced with these of faithfulness, and I will be completely honest. At this point, I was having a harder decision than ever to respect another woman's marriage. After mine had been disrespected time after time. I mean, if we're living by this hole, you reap what you sow, Leaf. I did not sow the type of unfaithfulness that I received. But what does one have to do with the other? Why should it matter if other women disrespected my marriage or vice versa? Well... Isn't that the justification? Obviously, there's no there's no moral code to abide by, by in the terms of honoring marriages because obviously his wife ain't doing something right. Obviously, the other woman has something the wife doesn't have, right? No, it's you don't owe that, that woman thing. Her husband does. These are the common excuses, excuses for being the mistress. Why then, I wonder, does the Bible specify characteristics of an adulterous woman and a strange woman? Proverbs 5, 3 through 6 says, For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths wander aimlessly, and she does not know it. This is the adulterous woman, which says to me, because the warnings are there and the characteristics are there, and I go much deeper into them sexually wise. But what it says is that the adulterous spirit has characteristics that need to be looked out for. That does not give you permission to be this. As a woman, this is not what you have been called to be. So this experience is a little different because by now at this point, as I said, I had gone through a few more relationships and two divorces, adultery being a major cause of this as well. Well, I would actually say that the adultery was the fruit of much deeper roots. Um, that tore a lot in me, faith-wise. 
one of the worst parts was not only the adultery itself, but had I had I had to come face to face with the reality that one of the women involved not only knew about me as his wife, she knew about my children, she knew about my job, she knew about everything. Like I literally had to go find this woman. I was blocked from her social media and every avenue to find her. But she knew so much about me. I literally I had to call everybody got that one person that can find anybody. I called my God sister. And um, I said, I need you to find out who this woman is. And so um, that was that was a situation that was definitely hard to to accept and then turn around and be the the woman that I ultimately like have been taught to be. So she was literally waiting for my ex-husband to leave me after I had my child. And even more so once she met, I knew about her and my then husband. This for every part of womanhood in me. I think it was easier dealing with the strange woman in the nature of sex, but not the adulterous woman who was content with falling in love with and disrespecting my covenant so boldly. I can't even begin to explain how this broke me. I think it was because of this I felt full entitlement to being the option in my next experience. I didn't care that he had someone else. To me, it was not about the race for the ring. It was the race for his attention. Let me read that again. I didn't care that he had someone else. To me, it was not about the race for the ring. It was the race for his attention. Of course, that failed as well. But after all, just imagine me now in another situation where I have to be considerate of another woman because it's right. So boom, here I am. After experiencing all of this, free from the 12 year soul tie, recent broken up with another man due to his unfaithfulness, the counterfeit, and minding my own business and my children. And then one night, I go out with this group, a group of high school classmates, very chill vibe, lots of laughs, everything, very cool vibes. Later, after I made it home, one of the guys that I was hanging out with and I were conversing via text. The interesting part is that until this moment, this man and I had been platonic friends. He'd been like him in a sense and was always in literally checking on my mental and emotional state. And so, reading through, for over an hour, we conversed back and forth via text contemplating him coming over to spend the night. I wanted him, not even sexually. When my mind went there, I won't lie, but I believe the sex would have been amazing, but even more sex, I just didn't want to feel Even I have been pure for months now. 
Did I want to have to go back to the altar again for having sex with somebody else's husband? I knew and I understood the covenant, but who seriously honored it? this problem. Strangely, he was so honest that it was also luring people so that I would be, in a sense, basically his comfort. Just as from my down, but I refused. I was angry. I was lonely, and there was no one else to call. I know the reason, man. I highly respect. I had to recall the lessons from the counterfeit. He was a great man. I could not put myself in the position to bring him down. I could not. I was beyond angry. Him nothing. I could let him over and use his presence just as he would be using mine. But still, I chose to honor him. His so many times we talk about purity as if it's easy to walk in, and it's not. We talk about mistresses in the sense that it should be simple. Married men should be off limits. Now, don't get me wrong, power other than um, flesh. My flesh had him in my bed my flesh would have justified it because of my own past experiences and in my own carnal thinking that we would have not had sex the one thing that i understood was that the situation was not what it seemed like it was going to And after everything I had gone before, it wasn't worth it. I know it because the stuff so has to be close to the princess. So many repeat them. We literally seems even our choices. Mr. and Queen is not the men, are the adults. Love chases you. I'm going to read it. And then there's an excerpt in the very back of the upcoming book next year. Um, in 2021, um, and so I, I wrapped it up with saying it is 
Unstoppable. Um, ZoeDSpeaks.com is where you can read my blogs, which is what these days are actually um, what the days are actually uh, titled off of. But I'm gonna drop in the comment section where you can actually find the books, which is thislegend.com slash Zoid or you. Um, if you're looking to get your copy, and that'll be it. So, legend.com slash we have a cohort, a five week cohort that starts four. That's five weeks. Um, Uh, uh, basically this teaching um, um, in, in lifestyle, purity, faith, your love walk um, based off 1 Timothy 4.12 and so the class, the core heart free um, usually it's $2.99 um, because it's, it's a five-week course that I'm actually teaching. And then we have, but, but it's free. I just need you to get the workbook. Um, I need you to get the workbook because trial and error has, has shown me that um, I want people to commit it to themselves and committed to the chain or um, more effective. And so I'll show you real quick. Uh, each week has the same thing. Um, you have your scripture and your notes taking section. I add a note taking section. In there, so as we're actually going through the course, which we have like every Monday, we're actually going through the course, and then there's actually if the, and so after that. Then you have discussion questions, which we have at the end of the teaching. And after that, you have to evaluate. And each day, next six days, you have scriptures. And so each one of those scriptures will basically connect with whatever topic it is that week. And so then at the end of the week, um, You have evaluation questions and a report question. So that just helps you with this whole, um, the last day to actually purchase the heart will be a week from today so that I can get them shipped out. And you found at the link that I dropped below. Witnesslegend.com slash Zoe 
uh, witness legend.com. So you that you can get the strange woman. Um, I have a couple of copies of that on. If you purchase the workbook, um, if you purchase the workbook, I'll send you the forty days the workbook for the cohort. So once you purchase the workbook, I say every Monday for about an hour, no more. Um, maybe even a little less because thirty minutes. It just depends on how the discussion goes, and you know, just basically grow together. Watch of the most high.